And for our scripture reading this morning, we'll turn to the first book, Genesis in chapter 1. Always good to remind ourselves of where the scripture begins. In the beginning, God created. And so I'll read from Genesis chapter 1, just verse 1, and then beginning at verse 20 and into uh, chapter 2. Excuse me. So Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we'll skip over to verse 20. Then God said, this is now the fifth day, Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. And so God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. 
This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord, Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And then one more verse is verse 15. Uh, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. So this far, our scripture reading and our text this morning uh, it comes from the law that we read this morning, Exodus chapter 20 and verses 8 and 11. And now we'll also turn to the Lord's Day in the back of your Psalter, Lord's Day 38, which you can find on on page 74 in the back of your Psalter, in the back section of the Psalter, uh, page 74. Today we will be looking at the fourth commandment as we've come to this point in our studies of the catechism. Lord's Day 38 and question 103 asks, what does God require in the fourth commandment? And the answer is first, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained, and that I, especially on the Sabbath, that is the day of rest, diligently frequent the church of God to hear his word, to use the sacraments, to publicly call upon the Lord, and to contribute to the relief of the poor as becomes a Christian. Secondly, that all the days of my life I cease from my evil works and yield myself to the Lord to work by his Holy Spirit in me, and thus begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. <clears throat> Dear congregation and fellow pilgrims, because that is what we are. Pilgrims are travelers. As we travel through this life, when you, when you travel across the country, you regularly need to look for, for rest stops along the way. And especially when you drive along this, this barren country at times, this, this vast and great country that we live in, sometimes you can wonder, why are there not more rest stops here? You need those stops to refresh and to refuel and to, to get food and, and to be refreshed again to continue on your journey. And what would you say if the government decided to remove them all and say no more rest stops allowed along the highways? You would not be able to travel through this country. But today we have come in our studies of the catechism and uh, following 
the Ten Commandments, we've come now to the Fourth Commandment, where it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And there are some there's similarities with the, the Sunday that, as we have it in the New Testament, that God has placed regularly spaced rest places along the way, rest stops along life's journey as we travel to eternity. In the Old Testament, it was the seventh day, the Sabbath, that the Israelites were to keep. In the New Testament, it has been moved to the Sunday. But would you be surprised if our government were to remove the Sunday altogether, change the pattern of the work week to something else, to try to remove all these rest stops that the Christians have? We live in a culture that is trying to erode and to erase everything to do with God. The Sunday has already been largely changed or used for a shopping day or a sports day, a recreation day or a vacation day or a dedicated to ourself day and anything but God day. People work for the weekend and they they want to have this free time on Saturday and Sunday and you see them pressing towards the weekend. That's their goal and yet they return to work on Monday seeming more groggy and less refreshed than when they left Friday. Are the people finding the rest that they need on these given days? But a question for us is would we miss the rest of the Lord's day if it was removed? Are we using the Sabbath day for what God has given it to us for? That seven-day week pattern is not a product that came through evolution or man's designs, but the weekly rest day has its foundation in creation, which is which we see in the fourth, fourth commandment. That's what it reminds us of. But we are also reminded in Scripture that Satan and the beast, as they refer to in Revelation 13, will not rest. It will try to continue to destroy the church of God and everything associated with Christ on this earth. They have largely defiled the Lord's day. They've removed His laws from many of the courts and of the schools. They've redefined marriage. They're redefining what it means to be created as male and female. And the new laws that are coming into effect and being thought up are largely geared at trying to eliminate churches and Christian education from our nation. And so would we really be surprised if they tried to eliminate the Lord's day as well? When Israel was in slavery, did they have a rest day? And yet... For the Christian, our hope is that this Sabbath day on earth is a foretaste and a reminder of what God has promised in Hebrews 4, 9, that He says awaits the people of God in heaven, that eternal rest. That even if in this world, through various circumstances, the Christian is deprived of a weekly Sabbath day, a rest day, they can look forward to that eternal rest which no person can take away from them, which God has prepared for them in eternity. And so our focus this morning 
is on that fourth commandment in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. And I will read these verses where God commands us to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And so from this commandment we see that we are commanded to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. And both these words, remember, to keep, imply that there is a Sabbath day already in place and that we're called to observe what is already there. And so what does this mean? When I was wrestling with how to preach on this subject, there, there's so much that could be uh, said or, or preached on. I've decided to try to do it in about three sermons so we can walk through some of the different aspects of it. And this first sermon, I will try to focus on some of the, the objective grounds for why there is a Sabbath day. And that's because it's, it's, it's founded, its foundation is found in creation. Because the, the first question we want to understand is why we need to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Because if we're not convinced and convicted of the significance of the Lord's day for us today, we will never be careful to remember it or to keep it as God commands. If we think it's something irrelevant or no longer relevant for us, then we will not bother with it. But then we will become we will be swept away with the ever-changing worldviews and, and notions in this world or false doctrines. And so we need to be convinced of what it is. And so our theme this morning then is remember to keep the Sabbath day holy. And as I mentioned, we will begin at creation. And the first, first thought here is, or first reason is that God created the Sabbath day. So when we remember the Sabbath day, the first thing we need to remember is creation. We need to go all the way back to where we started reading this morning in Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is the reason that God gives us here in the fourth commandment. In Exodus 20, verse 11, if you can have your Bibles open there, Exodus 20, verse 11, it says, For giving the reason for the commandment. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. When Moses again brings the commandments to the people of Israel in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 5 later, there the focus is on redemption. But here in Exodus the focus is on creation. And then as we read in Genesis 1 and verse 31, this is where we saw when God initially created it. In Genesis 1 verse 31, it says, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. 
So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. And so the seven-day week, the pattern is, is from creation. And this also shows us the length of the Sabbath day. It's one full day out of the seven. It is the 24-hour span. It's the expression there for what the evening and the morning were the sixth day in, in the end of chapter 1. That's the Hebrew expression of, of, saying, of representing the full day, one full day. And so the Lord's day is one full day that we have to keep holy. And when God tells Israel in Exodus to remember the Sabbath day, it shows that they already knew something of this. Because in Exodus 16, verse 23, God began to instruct them that they were not to bake bread on the Sabbath day, on the holy Sabbath day. But that was before he actually gave the Ten Commandments. And we can read of Noah also in Genesis 8, where when he let the dove out, he waited another seven days. So he doesn't refer to the Sabbath, but he does use a seven-day pattern. And so the, seventh, the Sabbath rest day is part of creation, just like our work is part of creation. And that's why I read some of these verses in Genesis 2. And God put Adam in the garden to, to tend and keep it in Genesis 2, verse 15. And work is part of creation, and marriage is part of creation in the end of chapter 2. And being fruitful and multiplying is also part of God's perfect creation in Genesis 1, verse 28. But through sin, all of these aspects of creation have been altered. But they were all created for, and they all still exist for the good of man and for the glory of God. So marriage and fruitfulness and work and the Sabbath rest all continue to exist for the good of man and for the glory of God until the end of time. And so that's why God commands us to remember where the Sabbath comes from. And that's because the world is is seeking to destroy all these creation, all these aspects of creation. And we are very easily tempted to let them slip or at least become accustomed to the changes that our society brings to them. Society looks down on fruitful families. Abortion is rampant in our society. Marriage is in in crisis in many ways. There are many divorces or troubled marriages. There is increased common law relationships instead of marriage. There's been the redefinition of marriage in our society, a redefinition of of what it means to be male and female to whatever people can dream of. Society is also becoming less motivated to work with a socialist attitude and, and an entitlement mindset that we see in our day. And the Lord's day is not kept. But God teaches us to remember from Genesis 1, 31, where he says, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. So God, but the second thing we see 
is that God rested on the seventh day. God not only created the Sabbath day, but he himself rested in it. Genesis 2 verse 2 says, On the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. And that is what Exodus 20 verse 11 cites, saying that God rested after he had finished creating. And so God, he rests from a certain kind of work. He rests from his creation work because he was completely satisfied with what he had made, what he had done, and he was able to rest in that sense from his creation. It was very good, he said. Creation was finished. It was complete. And God still rests in that sense because he never again created the world. But God did not stop all of his activities when he rested. It's not like God stopped everything because God is always involved in his creation, in providence, in the upholding and governing of all things. But the fact that God rested on the seventh day is not the reason why we are called to rest on the seventh day. Because then thirdly, we see that God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Again, verse 11 of Exodus 20, it says, God rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And so it's because God rested on that day that he blessed it and hallowed it. And in Genesis 2, verse 3, he says, God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So God chose to bless and to sanctify this day, and that is the reason that God has set this day apart for, from the other six. And so the significance in that day is found in the fact that God has blessed it and sanctified it. And for this reason, God commands his people to remember and to keep it not just out of imitation from God, but because God set it apart, God sanctified it so that they could rest. And that becomes increasingly important after the fall, since the work that we are called to do in this fallen world is not the same as as what Adam had to do in paradise. The work in paradise that Adam could do did not interrupt him from that blessedness in God. It did not draw him away from God. But after the fall, our labor is hard. Our labor is done in the sweat of our brow. And it drains us physically, mentally, emotionally, and and spiritually. It can harm us spiritually when our work draws us away from God. Or especially those who have never been regenerated. We are working only draw us away from God. But this day was given to Adam and it is given to to us now so we can rest and be refreshed from the work that is both hard on our bodies and on our souls. And so God took this day and set it apart for a time where we can find all our satisfaction in Him, our Creator, alone. And that will become more evident as we 
uh, next time focus more on the redemption aspect of this command. But we must remember and keep the Sabbath day because God blessed it and sanctified it. And He devoted this day to setting it apart for a specific purpose. And that's what we want to see here. Fourthly, God set apart the Sabbath day. So what does it mean then that God blessed the Sabbath day? Well, to bless means to show His divine favor on it, that it would go well with it. God did the same thing in Genesis 1, verse 28. When He created male and female in His own image, in verse 28, God says, Then God blessed them, and He said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over everything. So God blessed Adam and Eve for that specific purpose for which He created man and woman. And so in the same way God blessed the Sabbath day for the specific purpose for which He created it, to be set aside for Him. And God's divine favor is placed on the Sabbath day. And that's why He says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it. In verse 11, the Lord blessed it and hallowed it. So then what does it mean to hallow? Or as Genesis 2 verse 3 says, sanctify. Hallow or sanctify. Well, to hallow means to, to declare something holy. To, to set it apart for a specific use. In Scripture, all the things that are called holy are set apart and consecrated for for the worship of God. The priests were sanctified. The priests were set apart for the special office of serving the Lord. And in Leviticus 8, the altars and all the vessels of the temple were sanctified. They were set apart for the specific purpose of serving, to use to serve the Lord. So God consecrated, God dedicated this day, God God set the seventh day apart to be distinct from the other six. And it's specifically ordained to be different for the purpose of devotion and dedication to God. And that becomes clear from verse 10 of of Exodus 20, where it says, But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Now where it says of the Lord your God, it can also be translated to the Lord your God. And that's, we can see that also in Exodus 35 verse 2, where it says, Exodus 35 verse 2, where it says, the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. So the purpose for which God set apart the Sabbath is to have it dedicated to the Lord. It is to be set apart to God and for the service of God. And so when I asked you earlier, what would you miss about the Lord's Day if it was taken away from us? Because then we will then we'll begin to see if the day is dedicated to ourselves 
or if this day is dedicated to God. What aspect of the Lord's Day would you miss if we no longer had the Lord's Day? But then lastly and briefly, we must remember the Sabbath day simply because God has commanded us to remember and keep the Sabbath day. And that's what His commandment says. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That's the purpose for which He has given it. And that means that this day is set apart to the Lord and we're commanded to keep it set apart to the Lord and dedicated to Him. And in the future, again, we will have to see how this works out in our daily life. And as the rest of the commandment shows, this day is where we rest from our regular work to be engaged, engaged in activities dedicated to God, where we find our satisfaction in God and in His service, and to be refreshed spiritually especially, but also physically and mentally and emotionally for our journey through this life. And so the one point that I wanted to draw out this morning is what John Murray here says as well, that, that we must keep the, distinct, the distinction, first of all, the distinction of the seventh day from the other six. And John Murray says that if we, if we lose the distinction between the days, then we begin to lose the significance and the essence of it. The Sabbath day was made different from the other six. And if we do not recognize the sanctity of the Sabbath day and that God has set it apart, and then we will never observe it as He commands us. And so we must be convinced and convicted, first of all, that God has created it for this purpose and for our good. Because if we're not convicted of it, of the significance of it, we will also never observe it as we should. And so by looking initially where it comes from here in creation and why God initially commands us to remember us shows us that God has a positive intention with the Sabbath day. It was never created to be a burden but it's a privilege and a blessing to His people. It's a day that God blessed for the good of Adam, even in paradise. It was designed in, in the per perfection of creation. And Jesus Himself said in Mark 2, verse 27, that, Sabbath, that the Sabbath was made for man, that, that you can benefit from the holy rest that God has designed it to be. You know, if Adam actually entered that rest, that's a different question. But none, no person born into this world can keep this law of ourselves. Because we have to remember that it's one of the Ten Commandments. And as we're born in sin in this world, we can keep none of these laws ourselves. And the unregenerate in no ways want to keep the law. And that's why the Sabbath day is a burden to those who do not love and fear the Lord. And they do not see the, they do not see the, the benefits and the privilege of the Lord's day. But this is also why the Lord Jesus Christ had, has come into this world to fulfill the whole law, including the Sabbath 
and keeping. So that his people, that you now are able to benefit from the rest that God provides in this life. And look forward to the rest that he has in store for his people in eternity. And we'll see more of that from the redemption aspect next time the Lord willing. So if we do not value the day or the purpose, then we just want the Sunday to be over with so that we can do what we want to do. That we want to get God out of the way as soon as possible to keep as much of it for ourselves. But when we see that that God has created it for a day dedicated to Him and for the refreshing, especially spiritual refreshing of His people, then it becomes a day of joy and delight and blessing. And so this Sabbath day is the one full day out of seven created by God. He blessed it. He sanctified it. He set it apart to be devoted to himself. And he commands us to remember and to keep it. Amen.